Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. I want you to uh, look at John chapter 15. We've been there for several weeks. All right, so John chapter 15. But Pastor Rife, we've already read this three times. It's okay because that's what you do. You read the Bible over and over and it gets in your spirit and your DNA. So John chapter 15 is where we're going to go uh, here in just a few minutes. We're in this series called Greater. It's about increase. It's, uh, it's really taking us from this place of here's where I am now. How do I want to be greater? Here's where I am now. How do I want to increase? Because it's not okay for us to stay where we are. Nobody in this room, there's not an exemption from the youngest child to the oldest individual, from the youngest believer to the oldest saint. Uh, It is not okay for us to stay where we are. Look to your neighbor and say, it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay to stay there, man. It's not okay to stay there. So I want us to read John chapter 15, verse 1. All right? Are you there? The scripture says, I, Jesus is speaking, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. That right there tells us that it doesn't matter whether you're a non-producer or you are a producer. Come on, people. You still are going to have things taken away from you. Are you following me? It doesn't matter if you're a non-producer or a producer, not fruitful or fruitful, God is still going to remove some things from your life, all right? Verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you, the logos I have given you. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you, or abide in me and I will abide in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you abide or remain in me verse 5 yes I'm the vine you're the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned But if you remain in me and my words, the Logos, remains in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my Father. Verse 9 says, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. He says, remain in my love. When you obey, circle the word obey because that's what we're going to be talking about today. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. He says, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. In other words, my motive for telling you these things is so that you can have a joy-filled life, that you can have a life overflowing with joy. 
Like if you don't have a life overflowing with joy, you need to perk up because he's talking to you. He's talking to us. And then he says, yes, your joy will overflow. Verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So this is the commandment. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, what commandments are you talking about? Honor your mom and dad. Don't kill somebody. Don't covet. Don't lust. Don't steal. Don't lie. Yeah, the Ten Commandments. No, he's saying, my, my commandment is to love. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There's no greater love than a man would lay down his life for one's friends. You're my friends, listen to this, if you do what I command. Whoa. You're my friends. You're in my inner circle if you do what I command. So I wonder what that means if you don't do what he commands, if I don't do what he commands. Verse 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. He says, I didn't cho- you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. There's that Name again, the powerful name, the beautiful name. This is my commandment, love each other. And I'm going to stop right there. It goes on. Uh, if you're reading this, you can go ahead and read 18 through the, through the rest of verse 15, uh, chapter 15. And we're going to talk about that in the next coming weeks. But as we talk about this, this is what I want to share with you today is this. God's plan will work if you work the plan. God's plan will work for you if you work the plan. Like last week, Erica came in and she did an incredible uh, job with sharing with us. And her point was, God is preparing us for the things he's prepared for us. God's preparing us, the stuff you're going through, the, the trials you've been through, the things you've been through. Stephanie, all of that that you were talking about earlier. God is using that to prepare you for the things he's prepared for you. There's this plan that he has for our life. And Jeremiah 29 and 11, we quote this a lot. But it says, for I know the plans. In other words, that's our destiny. What is God's plan for you? What is God's plan for me? That's our destiny. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans to give you hope and a future. So what the Lord is saying to us, he's like, hey, I know my plans. I know my thoughts towards you. And it's plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope, plans for a future that you're going to enjoy. It's, God is all about prosperity. You know, he's all about prospering his people. Prosperity looks different in different ways. It's not, money does not necessarily make you prosperous. You can be very rich and not be prosperous. You can have a lot of things and not be prosperous, but prosperity is this holistic idea of man, I'm good in my soul, I'm good with my God, I'm good with my family, I'm good with the bank, I'm good with, you know, in my health. It's this holistic idea of prosperity. And what God does with us, he starts off, he's got a plan for our life that he wants us to partner with him. So he kind of starts with the, the, begins with the end in mind. There's a, there's an idea for your life and it's for you. Your design is different from some 
somebody else's design. My design is different from, from your design. My design, God designed me to do what I'm doing right now. And, you know, he may change that at some point in the future, but this is my design. Your design may be that you're a king. You're, you're a businessman. You're out in the world. He didn't design me for that. He designed you for that. But whatever our design is, he starts with the end in mind, and then he gives us directions. He gives us directives. He calls them commands in the Bible. He says, these are my commands. And then, so if we do those directives, we get to our destination. So in doing the directives, you get to the destination that God has for you. Basically, this is saying God's plan will work, but you and I have to work the plan what is the plan? The pl how do we get there? The directives, the commands. Listen, he has filled the scripture with commands. When we look at scripture, it's just, just love. Just walk in love. You know, well, can you list them out? Yes, you can go through here and you can find all kinds of commands. Prefer your brother over yourself. Uh, give and it shall be given unto you. When you pray, I mean, there are lots of commands, but we're trying to narrow them down to like those 10 commandments. You know what I'm saying? Those were Old Testament. Are they still valid? Yes, they're still valid. Yes, we still keep them. But you understand, when they didn't keep them, they got killed. Are you following me? So the, the, the commandments are still valid, but the curse that comes with not keeping them is gone. They're still valid. We still keep those. But there are a lot of other commands. But they really boil down to, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, just love. I'm telling you what, if you will just love well like Jesus loved, every single command will find its way under that umbrella. I promise you, I've tried it. I'm like, well, how does this one relate to love? And I promise you, if you'll test every command within Scripture, you'll find out that it does rest under the umbrella of love. But what happens with us because the fall happened, Adam fell. They were disobedient to the Lord. Now we are from a lineage of disobedience. And so we live in this, in this day and age where you're not the boss of me. I do my own thing. I'll determine my own gender. I'll determine my own, you know, you fill in the blank. And we, we live in that, uh, that day and age where almost disobedience is almost the, the, you know, like it's held up as a virtue now. I don't know about you, but I didn't have disobedient kids. Mm, come on, I'm fixing to step on some toes. And some of y'all young folks in here, y'all fixing to get a butt whooping if y'all don't straighten up. Because I'm just telling you, Shay and I, we don't do disobedient children. Amen. When my kids have grandkids one of these days, I'm just going to tell you. I'll tell them, you can spank their butt or I will spank it. They're not going to be acting like no fool up in Walmart. You are not going to do that. Boy, I will slap the sense out of you. You understand what I'm saying right now. The wrong person that gets this on video, that man will be on CNN. 
You know, this is not stuff that is okay in our culture today. But I'll tell you what, I never said my kid won't do it. I said my kid won't do it twice. You might do it once, but you will not do it twice. Oh, my friend, don't you fall out on that floor like you done lost your mind. I will yank you up. I will take you into the bathroom. Oh, you don't tell an adult you're not the boss of me. My little girl, she told, uh, told Sheila's mom one time, and Sheila Lewis's mom is like my second mom, and she told uh, Molly, as we lovingly called her, she's just some little tiny thing. I was youth pastor over at a church in Loxley, and she said, I don't have to mind you. You're not my mommy. And I'm like, excuse me for a second. Come here, little girl. And we went into the men's bathroom, and I'm like, tap, tap, tapity, tap, tap, tap. And I'm like, you do not ever speak to Molly again that way. Do you understand? Never had a problem with it. Why? Because I'm not going to have some disobedient child. Why is it that we will allow our children to be disobedient? Wait, 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 wait. Let me back that up because that's not what I meant to say. Why is it that we do not want our children to be disobedient, but we will be disobedient children. Why is it that we will not allow our children to be disobedient, but we will be disobedient children to the Father? I just want to talk to you about obedience this morning because he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. See, we, look, we have this idea of commandments as in these rules, these restrictions, these regulations. No, man, it's to keep the world in order. There are rules in my house. We have rules so that our house does not get out of order. There are natural rules. We call them laws of nature that exist so we don't fly off the planet because we're spinning so fast. God's designed everything to be under law and rule and command. It's not to restrict us. It's actually to keep us in alignment and in placement of where we're supposed to be. And then we look at obedience as almost some punishment, like it's punitive, like you have to obey. No, I just want to share some things with you. John chapter 15, uh, verses 10 through 12 says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Like, in other words, when we obey his commandments, we remain in the love of God. Like, he's got the commandments there so that it will keep us close to his love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Hang on a second now. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Trinity, three in one. Like, are you, like one submits to another? And does that mean there's a hierarchy in the head? No, a Godhead? No. It means that when we submit to one another, like, it's not that I'm lesser than you or you're lesser than me. It's like when we abide and are obedient and submit to one another, we remain in unity. He says we remain in love. 
All right? I want you to look at this. Obey in the Greek, tereo. It means this. So obey does not truly like translate well uh, from the original Greek. So that's why I challenge you to, to get with blueletterbible.org, I think it is, or .com. But Blue Letter Bible will help you go and research the Greek or the Hebrew words for like this one. I just wanted to look up obey. And so tereo means this. It means to guard and protect. So when it says, if you love me, you will guard my commandments. All right, so that, that looks totally different if, you know, if you obey me, if you do my commandments, if you do them. Like, I'm just doing this. It's just a rote act. I'm doing it from day to day, like brushing my teeth. You know, I'm just following that. No, he's saying, hey, if you guard my commandments, you will remain in my love. If you protect my commandments. Listen, church, we are not protecting as the general church right now. We are not protecting the commandments of God. We are allowing the, the, the word of God to be distorted. It's being watered down. We're accepting, you know, this and that that is nowhere in God's word into the church. It's infiltrated. You know, we're, we're, we're almost in a crisis situation within the global church. But he says, guard, protect. And then look at this one. Watch over. It means to, to obey. Obey means to watch, preventing it from getting out of sight. All right, he says, when you, uh, when you remain in me and my word, my logos, the Bible, the scripture, when my word, when you remain in me and my word remains in you, you bear much fruit. So it's, he's saying, I want you to protect the word. I want you to guard the word from getting out of your sight. Like, don't get far from the word. Man, I'm just telling you, if you are not in the word, you are, I'm telling you flat out, hurt your feelings or not hurt your feelings. If you are not in the word, you are not bearing fruit. You are not bearing fruit. You might have some of the same fruit, and it's not necessarily bad fruit, but you just have the same fruit that you've always had. I'm telling you what, it never ceases to amaze me when I open this book. I'm like, when am I ever going to stop learning? When am I ever going to stop having revelation? You would think as much as many years, 30 years that I've been in this, as, as much as I studied it in seminary, that you would think that I know all there is to know about this thing. But I'm telling you, I go to the Word, and I find out uh, time and time again how ignorant I am of the word because it's so deep don't let it get far from you man guard the word when it says obey the word guard that word keep it close to your heart because when you obey in watching the word keeping it close to you guarding the word Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm telling you what, how do you remain holy? By keeping the word of God close to you. By knowing the word of God. It may, it may just be knowledge at some point, but I'm telling you the word of God says that it will not return void. You may just know the scripture because they taught it to you in your preschool daycare. You may just know the, 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 the thing because it was something that was on a wall over a, a, a classroom 
room that you were in for three years in a row, or you know, in homeschool or something like that. But I'm telling you, it might just be in there, but at some point it's going to come alive when Holy Spirit needs that word the most if you keep it close to you. Look at what James 125 says it says but whoever looks intently into the perfect law this is the logos that gives freedom and continues in it that means abide whoever looks intently into the word and continues in it not forgetting what they've heard but doing it in other words obeying So right here, we've got people looking at the word. They're not just looking at it, walking away from it, but they're continuing in the word. They're coming back to the word. They're coming back to the word. They're getting the word in church on Sunday. They're getting the word uh, in a song that they're listening to in their car on Monday. They're getting it at men's group or women's group or whatever small group you're a part of. They're getting it when they're in the word preparing to teach a lesson to somebody they're in it when they're talking to somebody at the water cooler at work and all of a sudden holy spirit is like you know that word that you hit in your heart that word that you've been watching over this person needs it right now so you know you're continuing in it when it's coming out of your mouth are you following me like, you, man, you're just in the word. And it's like, a lot of times we say, remain in the word. And we're like, you know, we're, we're thinking that we got to be this. No, man, remain in it. Make it part of everything that you are. It says that, but doing the word, they will be blessed in what they do. Listen to me. That's how you bear fruit. When you live in the word, when the word becomes part of everything you do, the, the, the product of that is blessing. I want you to listen. One time Jesus was teaching and this lady just kind of speaks out in the crowd and, and, you know, it's kind of off topic. He's teaching and this lady just blurts out, Luke chapter 11, and she blurts out and she's like, blessed be your mother, blessed be the womb of your mother, the one who you nursed at her breast, bless this woman. In other words, Mother Mary, bless you, for you are, you know, it's almost like that Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women and the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. That's, you know, a Hail Mary that they do in the Catholic Church all the time. I'm not dissing that, but that's kind of like what this woman was doing. She's like, blessed is your mother. But look at what Jesus said. Uh, He said, but even more blessed, lady, are all those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. She's up here trying to bless Jesus' mama. And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, lady, you want me to tell you who's more blessed than my mother, the one who God put the, the, the uh, firstborn of all creation in her womb is those who abide in the word, who obey the word. Those are the ones who are more blessed than my mom. Are you following me? Now, if you say that to some of our Catholic brothers, they may be offended because Mary is at the top of the chain. But Jesus is saying, the one who came out of her says, let me tell you who's more blessed than my mom. My earthly mom. Those who listen, who read this, who are in the word, and they put it into practice. In other words, those who obey the word of God are blessed. You know, have you ever seen this before? This 
is blessing. And the old days, I don't know if this actually worked or not, but supposedly they're on a stubborn mule. You know who the stubborn mule is, don't you? We are. And they would sit on that mule and they'd stick that carrot out there, hoping that that, that mule's going to lunge forward and, and go to where they want. But you know what this is in the Christian life? This is blessing. This is blessing. Hey, you know, we want you, you know, to do whatever. I mean, you just put it, you know, if, if you'll just do this, you'll be blessed. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come to church, come to church, come on. I promise you, if you'll come, you'll like it. We got a free gift waiting for you out at the, out at the welcome desk. Come on, come on, come on. I promise you, if you'll just give, if you'll just give, if you'll just give, God will bless every part of your life. If you give, if you tithe, if you, you know, this, this, is, this is what we do to try to get people to obey. I, pro, I promise you, man, if you'll just do this, if you'll just, if you'll just help us teach, help us teach a small group, help us teach a small group. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You'll be blessed. The Lord bless you, bless you. The Lord bless you, bless you. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. That's right. Lead you right to the sign-up kiosk. There you go. Mm, there you go. There you go. DCI.life, DCI.life. There you go. This, this is what we do. We lure people. And it's not just that we do it, but people want to be lured by a blessing. I'll do it. I'll do it. But where's my carrot? Where's my blessing? And can I tell you this? God is not looking for those kind of people. God, God is not looking for people who have to be lured into blessing him. Because, you know why? Because God will not operate by enemy tactics. The devil lures us. Nowhere in scripture that I know of, if you know of a place, let me know. But nowhere that I know of in scripture does the Lord lure people. God just directs. He says, go. He says, do this. I want you to look at this. There's four fruits of obedience. Four fruits of obedience. Number one, love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandment. That word keep, teras. That word keep, obey. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Love is one of those things when you, when you love somebody, you don't have a problem obeying. You know, you just don't. And in Scripture, love is tied to, uh, or obedience is tied to love. It's never tied to uh, punishment. Even the Israelites, God didn't give the Ten Commandments because if you don't do these, I'm going to break you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to hurt you. He never did that. That's how they saw it because they were looking at it through a lens of sin. But he actually gave them the Ten Commandments and said, if you'll live by these, if you'll live by these, you're not going to be able to keep them all perfectly and I'll provide a sin sacrifice once a year for, for your atonement of the times you don't get it right. But if you'll just live by this, I promise it'll keep you holy. The second thing is this, intimate community. Like Jesus said this, if you keep my commandments, I call you friends. 
Like, when I no longer call you friends or or, uh, um, slaves, I call you friends. What Jesus is saying is like, there's this thing about obedience that, that is intimate community. Like, when we are intimate in our community with the Lord, we have no problem keeping his commands. We have no problem with the Lord correcting us. I'm telling you what, listen to you. The Lord corrects me all the time and I don't get ticked off at him. Well, maybe a little bit, but not for long. When the Lord corrects me, in my private world, in, or sometimes he does it publicly. But when the Lord corrects me, I don't get miffed and mad and go, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm unfriending you. Because God and I are like this. Like, we're friends. We are close. And I know when he corrects me, he is doing it for my good. And I only know that because of our intimacy together. And I know when he says stuff to me that it's the truth. I don't think he's trying to manipulate me in, in any way. He's not a man that he could lie. When he corrects me, I know he's truth. He's speaking truth to me. And I know I'm out of alignment with him. And so I know my father is doing it for my good. So I have no problem obeying. Then the next thing is this. I think it's First uh, Peter Chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. So you must live as God's obedient children. He's saying this to adults. He says, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your old desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God chose you. And he is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy Because I am holy. When we obey and live a life of obedience, it shows that we are living a holy life. When you see people constantly not living by the standard of the word of God, they, I don't care what they do in the church. I don't care if they're a pastor. I don't care if they're a custodian in the, in the house of the Lord. But when you see somebody that is constantly not uh, living and abiding in the word and living out the commands of the Lord, you know they are not living a holy life. When we obey, we love. We're in love with God. Like, are, Do you like God? Do you like Jesus? Or do you love him? Listen to me, church, and I'm going to have to hurry up here. But listen to me. When I like Jesus, I'll come in here and I might engage or I might not because there might be something that I like better. But when I'm, because I am in love with Jesus, I'm coming in this room and I'm going to worship like at t- to the 10th level, whether you are at a four or not. And some people might be at a four because that's all they know to get to is a four. And some people are at a four because they just like Jesus and they're not madly in love with Jesus. But I'm telling you what, because I love Jesus, when I come in, I don't have to be told to worship. All right? So look at this. This is the last one. It's maturity. So that's a fruit of obedience. A fruit of obedience. Listen to me, little kids. 
When you are obedient, and I'm going to embarrass somebody here, but it needs to be said. There are some little boys that are maybe in here today that you shouldn't be in here. You should be in the back where the rest of the kids are. But you know why you're in here? Because you weren't being obedient, and you were distracting the other kids from learning and So you've got to figure out if you're going to be in love with Jesus or if you like Jesus. I don't mean that to embarrass anybody. That's just the truth. Am am I saying something that I never did? No, no. My pastor called me out when I was acting up by name from the pulpit, got me to stand up and walk right down here and sit on the front row. And guess what my parents did? My God, we're never going back to that church. Come on, George, get our stuff. We'll never go back. No, because they loved Jesus. They knew I was out of bounds, and it was part of discipline. Guess what? My pastor never had to call me down again. Why? What what did he cause me to do that day? He caused me to mature to another level. I didn't want to, I didn't go into church thinking I was, but by the time I left, I had matured to another level. Because you know what? After he uh, disciplined me, guess who else disciplined me? (laughs) Betty Jean. We're walking out of church, and she's like, you will never do that again. (laughs) I'm like, no, ma'am, I won't. (laughs) So here's where we are. Maturity. Listen to this. Maturity, maturity is the place that we get where I don't need you to tell me what to do again. Think about this. Come on, church. See, I don't need the Lord to tell me to pray because he's already told me. I don't need the Lord to tell me to give because he's already told me. I don't need the Lord to tell me how to treat my brother because he's already told me. I don't need to be told that over and over and over and over again. Why? Because I've come to a place of maturity in my life. Pastor Rife, does does that mean that the Lord never tells you to do anything? No. Holy Spirit now lives in me. We'll get to that in a few weeks, maybe next week or the next. But Holy Spirit lives in me, and anytime Rife begins to get off course, Holy Spirit will speak to me. Guess what? What if I've gotten off course And I'm disobedient. Yeah, Lord, I know I'm supposed to do that, but get off course. Yes, Lord, I know I'm supposed to do that. Yes, Lord. And now, all right, so now I'm not listening to the Lord. I'm not obedient. Being in intimate community means one of y'all in this room is responsible for looking me up, getting me on the phone, and correcting me. Are you following me? Because when you're in intimate community, you don't get ticked off and unfriend people when they correct you. When you're in intimate community, you allow other people to speak into your life. When you're in intimate community, you hear truth through other people. And you recognize Holy Spirit and other people is speaking to you through them. These are the things that when we walk in obedience, meaning that we're, we're you know, man, I got to do all these things. No, you ain't got to do anything. Listen to me. This is a profound statement. God loves you so much, he will let you go to hell. 
God loves you so much that he will let you choose hell over him. He's not going to force us. He's not going to control us. He's going to let you make the decision. And what he says, he's like, if you love me, you will watch over my word. Listen, there's a scripture that says this. It says, God is watching over his word to perform it. God's watching over his word to perform it. When we are obedient, we now have the word of God in us. We are obedient. We're walking in obedience to the word. And listen to this. God is watching over his word in you to perform it. You know, we're, we're, we're thinking a lot of times that God is, you know, he's, he's in heaven and he's, you know, and he's just, got, you know, he's watching over all of the, you know, the atmosphere and the globe and watching and waiting for things to happen. And as soon as, you know, he's watching over the word and something prophetic happens down there, it's like, man, he's dispensing angels to go minister and carry these things out. Can I tell you, listen to me, if you can get this, if you can get this, when you abide in him and his word abides in you, the logos abides in you, the, the, the graphe re, resides in you, you are a walking, well, you can profit, you can prophesy over people, Zuri, in that meeting, you know, who has, a, who has opportunities like that? That in a governmental meeting, you are, you are fixing to be able to declare, prophesy over somebody else's health. And God is watching over his word to perform out of your mouth. It needs to be coming out of our mouth. Obedience to the word, it needs to be flowing out of our mouth. Listen, God's plan will work if you work the plan. What's the plan? It's all right here. This is all it. It's kingdom right here. It tells us who we are. It tells us what we can do. It tells us what we can have. As a matter of fact, maybe we'll get to it in this series or not. But in this, in this it says, you, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. Well, I want me a Mercedes tomorrow, God. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about. It's not, you can't just name something and claim something. And No, it's not talking about that. Oh my God, but if you truly, if we understood what this meant, the Logos is coming out of our mouth and God is going, wait, what did I hear her say? What did I hear him say? Come on, I need you guys, come on, I need you guys. And he unleashes the blessing that will come from that. How can we apply this, Pastor Wright? You can't just hear the word today. You gotta take this and do something with it. These are doable, bite-sized tasks for you. Identify the area that you struggle in with obedience. In other words, where do you find yourself constantly disobeying the Lord? Pastor Rife, are you saying that I'm in rebellion against the Lord? I didn't say any of that. I will if you want me to. I'm saying we all, Paul, the apostle himself said, listen, I find myself constantly at war. I know the things I'm supposed to do, and I find myself doing the very things I'm not supposed to do. 
It's a war between my will and what I know God's will is. Like, bro, Apostle Paul, the majority writer uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of the New Testament, if he had it, you're going to have it and I'm going to have it. It's a war. So identify the areas that you struggle with the most and then do this. Find Bible verses that give direction on that. It's so simple to do this where I can't answer the question for you. Maybe I can for some. Some of y'all may be able to answer some for me. But where's the area or areas that I struggle with living out obedience the most? Now, let me go to the scripture. Just go to Google. Google is not spiritual, (laughs) but it certainly can lead you some right places, some wrong places too. Uh, Scriptures on, you know, I don't know, you fill in the blank. And it'll list some scriptures. And you just go and you start studying out the scriptures of what it says about your area. And this is the last thing. Share it with a friend, family member, somebody for accountability. I don't know if you know how to be an accountability partner. It's just doing life with people. In our men's group on Tuesday night, I told them some areas that I struggle with. Now, you know, understand, these are not areas of grotesque sin. They're still areas that I'm not living my best life in those areas. What I do is I tell my buddies in there, we have open relationship with all of our discussions. Everything is, you know, contained in that group. And then I'll have guys in that group who will ask me, how are you doing in this area? And then there are times I don't wait for them to ask me. I just volunteer. And I'm not necessarily bragging on myself, but I am a little bit. And just say, hey, I just want, to, want y'all to know, this is what I did this week for this. This is what I did last week for that. This is where I'm growing. Because this is what we've decided to do in our men's mentoring group. That we are going to measure fruit. We ain't going to get to church and talk about it. We're not just going to get together and blah, 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 blah. And spiritual talk, spiritual talk, spiritual talk, spiritual talk. Bro, if you don't show fruit, if there's not evidence and you know how that comes because you inspect what you expect. Where are you growing? Where's the fruit from it? This is the year, guys, where God is going to show up in an amazing way in our lives because we are committing, amen? We are committing to grow. The plan's gonna work if we work the plan, if we obey the plan. So be obedient.